there it is boom what up ladies and gents technical issues but we are here to literally lose ourselves in some outside fun sports stuff so if you guys want to have some fun in the sun and want to know how you can do it then this episode's for you here we go shut up and sit down look a business can give you everything you want in life prestige wealth freedom it can also take everything away from you this show is for those who are willing to take that risk these are the real-life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Plus! Yeah, baby. All right, look, we spend a lot of time looking at a screen. I'm the first one to admit that. But sometimes... We need some fun distraction to take our minds off of work. So we got to go outside and get some sun. And today's guests are combining two fun in the sun games, pickleball and round net. They developed a fun game they call Paddle Smash, a fun and easy game to learn, perfect for playing in the backyard or at the beach, which is perfect because I'm in San Diego. So gather up your most competitive friends and family as we hear from the two owners of Paddle Smash. Let's welcome to the show, Tim Swindle and Scott Brown. All right, fellas, dude, energy galore. I mean, you guys have something that's so amazing. You need to have some energy to play. Welcome to the show, guys. What is going on? I need to take you around and have you introduce me to people. I know, my own personal hype man. Holy cow. Jeez, that was this great. Is, this well, is incredible. Now you got it recorded. So like you can you can clip that little piece, put it on your alarm clock, 4.30 in the morning comes on, you're gonna hear my voice. I don't know if you're gonna like me very much at that time, but you'll, at least you'll get your energy going. That's good stuff. Thank you. Good to be here. Thanks for having us on. Of course, man. All right, let's jump into this thing. Um, this is, uh, it's funny. I teach a, uh, a seven, I teach 17 year old high school seniors. Uh, and today during the bulletin, they're literally having spike ball club on the bulletin. Right. And so it's a bunch of kids playing spike ball. And I thought, wow, isn't that funny? Cause I had literally just wrote your intro like 10 minutes before that. I was like, uh-huh. it's like a sign here. So tell me, how'd you guys, uh, wh- where did this come from? How, wh- where was the uh, the supreme idea for this? I mean, honestly, I think you're highlighting it. It's just what's on the brain right now. I mean, I feel like every park I pass, a group of kids are out playing spike ball, and every news article I open has some mention of pickleball. Well, Tim and I are looking for business opportunities. We're trying to keep our finger on the pulse of what's trending, and we saw both of those. I love to play both games. I play pickleball almost every day. So I was already feeling like I've got to come up with a business in the pickleball space. So that was kind of the origin story. There's a whole kind of rich background as to how we even got where we are. Uh, It may be fun to kind of explore that for a minute. Yeah, by all means, let's go for it. All right, Tim, you start us off today. Yeah, so um, so I was originally in, so- in software, uh, far from doing games like we are now. And um, I, while doing that company, I was a software entrepreneur and had this idea for a board game. Uh, it's kind of like an adult party game where you're like talking funny voices. And I don't know, it's just like a late night when you're having some drinks with friends um, idea that I wanted to put out into the world. So launched that and uh, put it out on Kickstarter, kind of barely hit my funding goal, but I got funded, and so it was kind of the first win. And uh, shortly after that, through a mutual connection, was put in touch with Scott, 
And uh, he, at the time, and I can let him tell kind of his, his uh, origin stories, but um, he had a, a retail company that he was, that he was doing that carried games. So as luck would have it, you know, got the, we hit it off and that intro went great. And he ended up being the first retailer to uh, carry my game. And uh, so that's kind of how I got involved in this space. I figured I'd throw this on the screen here because, you know, this is the sport, right? I mean, for those of you who need a visual, you guys got to check out, check it, just go to their website, paddlesmash.com and, and watch it. I mean, look at, it's so simple to set up. It looks like, I mean, you, you got the paddle ball, you got the setup real quick and easy and boom, you're off and rolling. Like, it's so easy to pack up. I don't have to worry about it. It's, it's almost smaller than a chair, right? Uh, it, I mean, it really is. It's like a small suitcase. The whole thing folds up. All of the components store inside. People with, that are marketing always kind of oversell their thing. Genuinely, this thing is, it's less than a minute to set up. Like you fold it open, you take all the components out, you pop those poles in and you're ready to go in less than a minute. So we love that. We want it to be quick and easy to play. And, uh, and it's, I mean, I've made 150 or so products in my life. I, it's easily the most fun game I've ever made. Um, when, so I'm like super pumped to get this out there. Let me ask you about like the actual process of bringing one of these to market, right? Cause I think there's a lot of people who have some genuine ideas and, uh, you know, maybe they have it. For example, I know we play this game called, we call it spider. And it's like a mixture of like croquet and golf. When we go, go when we go camping, we set it all up and, and we always have fun. We even have our own like family championship that we play, but <laughs> to get it off the ground, to bring it to market, what's that process like? Oh, that's a good question. So this is what I did for a living for a long time was I'd help people kind of decide what path to take with their product. Tim was an example. Tim's like, all right, I'm going to self-publish. I'm going to put out in the world myself. I'm going to pay the money to, to manufacture. There's really two paths in the toy and game industry that you can take when you have an idea. I assume it's fairly similar in other, other industries, but in the toy and game industry, you got kind of two paths. One is you either self-publish. That means you take your idea and all of the costs and expenses are on you. Um, so, you know, maybe that's the downside is it's really expensive, potentially. The upside is that you get all of the pie if it goes well. Uh, you just kind of like get to enjoy all the benefits. Tim got to do that. Tim ultimately sold his game off and he got a big chunk of that because he was the guy that owned that business. The other path. So, yeah, the other path is licensing your idea. And in this case, you say, all right, I don't have the money or the know-how to bring this product to market. I'm instead going to sell this idea, in a sense, to a company that does. And in exchange, they're going to send me a royalty check. And that royalty check usually comes once a quarter, and it's some percentage of every sale. The upside of that, of course, is that there's no upfront cost to you, really. You know, you get to put it out there. You get your idea out into the world, and it's in hands of people that generally are good at this thing, getting it out into the world. The downside is that you get a much smaller piece of the pie. So that's one downside. The other downside is that you really lose control over what that product looks like. Mm. Uh, and I have you know, lots of experience with this. I've licensed some of my ideas off to other companies. And you have to really just, just clean your hands of it and be completely content with knowing it's not going to look like how I want it to look. Um, but that's not my job anymore. My job is to collect the checks every, every quarter from them. That's my job. So it's really nice for those that don't know how to do it or don't have the time to do it. So, for example, the game we're talking about today, Paddle Smash, 
Tim and I didn't invent it. We, uh, we met the inventor. The inventor is a guy that lives near me. I was introduced to him. I went and saw his idea, and I'm usually pretty skeptical of ideas. I mean, I've been pitched thousands and thousands of ideas, so my guard's usually up. It's this dad of seven kids, six oh, of them yeah. are boys. Definitely creative. <laughs> yeah, six of them are boys, and he's like, I can't play spike ball with these kids anymore. They're way too athletic, way too good. I'm way too old. I can't keep up. So he's like, all right, let's play pickleball. Well, great. Pickleball is awesome. He can keep up with them. But the nearest court's 20 minutes away. Mm. Every time they go, it's packed. They have to wait in line to play. They don't want to spend $40,000 to put a court in their backyard. Well, guess what? Joe's an engineer. And so Joe starts tinkering in his garage. And he starts gluing plastic together, taking his router to that plastic. And he creates a kind of amazing prototype for this game, which is this hybrid of pickleball and spike ball. He starts testing it with uh, family and friends at family parties. And over the course of a couple of years, he refines this game into what it was when I met him. And so we said, Joe, this is awesome. And Joe said, it is awesome, but I don't know what to do with it. I have zero <laughs> know-how. I'm an engineer. I don't know how to market. I don't know how to manufacture overseas. And we said, well, guess what, Joe? We do. Um, and so it was this nice fortuitous re- uh, meetup. And we said, Joe, how about this? We will license this from you. You don't have to worry about it about it anymore. We'll send you a check every quarter. And Joe said, perfect. I want to get my idea out in the world. I don't know how to do any of this. For two years, I thought I would do it, and I haven't. I'm going to give it to you guys, and you guys can bring it to the world. So those are sort of the two paths. One's not better than the other. I'd say the biggest decision-making factor is how expensive it will be for you to test your idea with real consumers. If it's really expensive for you to have a, a viable product, I would advise you license your idea. If it's inexpensive, I think it's worth trying it on your own. So Tim, you actually went through that that other route, right? So when you tried it on your own, and I'm wondering because I mean Joe at least gets to say I'm still getting paid off this thing, you know, on a regular basis. Maybe he loses a little bit of control, but he's getting his check, and that's all he was really after, right? How do I bring this to market? But when something you develop, it's kind of like your baby, right? All of a sudden, when you let go of it, it's it's probably not the easiest thing to watch it do something else. Uh, you know, it's, I, I'd imagine it's like when my kids are growing up. I got a 13-year-old now, and she seems to have all the opinions of the world. And uh, she's, you know, growing up and becoming her own person. And I kind of want to say, nah, come back a little bit. But I can't really do that all the time. What was it like getting rid of your company, sort of, at least getting a check on the way out? You know, at that point, I had been running it for four years. Um, it was uh, a great run up until that point. You know, shortly after getting in Scott's stores, I was contacted by the buyer from Target. So ended up being carried in Target almost a month after we launched, which was kind of unheard of. Uh, and I was ignorant to that this was not something that happened to everybody. I just was like, oh, cool. Target wants it too. Um, and so you know, ended up getting a distribution in like Target and Walmart and Barnes and Noble and um, had done it for a few years. And at that point, I got some interest from some of the bigger players in the space. There's like some larger toy and game companies in the United States and they came knocking and the time was right. I was just getting ready to get married and, you know, just felt like it was a good time uh, to, to part ways and move on to the next thing. Has it hurt you to see it different than what you had it? Yeah. So, I mean, to answer your question, it's, it's, I, I just like blocked it out. So like I, so my deal, by the way, was like, I sold it 
and I'm out. Like there were opportunities for me to like sell partial, partial, but stay involved and get checks. And like, I was just like, I don't want to do that because like what Scott was saying is like, I know I'm going to lose control. I'm not the majority owner anymore. They're going to do what they want with it. And so I was just like, see ya. I just like, I meant to give me my check. And, you know, every once in a while I'll see it like in a store. And like, I just saw recently they had like updated the packaging from what I had. I had this like really cool, like art, artsy kind of indie um, packaging, you know, something like an indie publisher would do like myself. And now it's like very corporate and just blah, you know what very I mean? But uh, yep. I'm over it. I've, you know, I got my check and I'm like, see ya. It's like the ex-girlfriend. You look but you're just curious. You can keep walking. Just look and just keep walking. All right. It's not the same. It's not the same as it used to be. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, licensing, right? So if if we come up with a product, something like Pickle Smash, something that we test over a while, we're like, look, this is something that's pretty cool. What do I have to do to my product to set it up so that I can get it licensed? Yeah. So I, you do need to have at least a, a prototype, I think. You know, you'll see some people that'll pitch off of a, a sales sheet. That does work sometimes, but when it works, it's usually with a seasoned inventor, someone that's already proven themselves. And then companies are like, all right, we know this person's work. We trust it just from just these graphics on a sheet. But I'd say most people, you're better off getting at least a viable prototype out. I've seen this experience firsthand. I remember getting pitched a bunch of concepts, um, you know, and it would be really rough, like cut out of cardboard prototypes. And then this this inventor comes along and and he has he has cut his his uh, prototype out of wood and has these beautiful plastic rings that he 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 3D printed and it just like it eliminates some of the barriers. I'm pretty good at putting on rose colored glasses and just imagining what a product will look like in the end. I can like I can look past the ugly details, but man, when you see it already beautiful, it helps so much. So listen, I will say all you that are thinking about inventing and pitching, don't stress too much about making a beautiful prototype. But if you can do a little bit of that work yourself, it does help with the people considering your idea. So I sat in a chair for a multi-billion dollar company evaluating concepts. And anytime someone had a prototype A and a video of it being played B, it helped so much as I was considering it. And so you know, just a video of people allowed me to see people's genuine reaction to gameplay um, helps so much. So that would be two big points. One big caution I would throw out there is that the most common pitch I would hear from new inventors was I've played this with my friends and family and they loved it. And hmm. for me, as an inventor relations evaluator, that was like big red flag. I don't care what your friends and family think. Of course they like it. They're your friends and family. Do not tell me that your friends and family like it. And you better be testing it with people that aren't your friends and family. And one good big tip I would say is when you're presenting it to people to get honest feedback, don't tell them it's your idea. Present it, at, present it as someone else's. So whenever, I still do this too. When we presented Paddle Smash to a group of people down at a pickleball court, we didn't present it as our idea. We said, hey, we're trying to evaluate this idea. It's someone else's. We have no idea if this is good or not. Help us figure out if this is good. And if you present your idea to groups of people like that, they'll give you true and honest feedback. So if you've gotten that good feedback, you're feeling positive about it, you've got a good video and a good prototype, then what you want to start doing is reaching out to inventor relations contacts at the 
companies that have those. And most toy and game companies have someone that is evaluating these concepts. Most toy and game concepts out in the world are from inventors, not from the companies. And so the mm. inventors are almost always the ones pitching it into these companies. The companies evaluate, they decide, they license, and, and that's, that's almost always the process. So there is a bunch of opportunity, um, but you've got to find those contacts. This is something that if you have someone that you you know in your network that's done this before, leveraging them for those contacts is a really helpful thing. So uh, is that something like the group of people that you're connected with, essentially, since you've brought products to market? Uh, is there like an in, I almost want, I almost want to say like, like a Facebook group or like a group of people that we can reach out to in that sense? Or you just kind of got to reach out to these companies and figure out who their point of contact is? It takes just a little bit of grind, but it's not much. Honestly, sometimes it's as simple as going on LinkedIn and typing in something like Hasbro Inventor Relations. Mm. And listen, these people are also looking for inventors. So it's it behooves them to connect with you. So find those people, connect with them on generally LinkedIn. You can do Google searches too, but LinkedIn is a great place to do this. Uh, or the other option is that you reach out using kind of the general inquiries uh, email for these companies. So if Mattel has some general email, write an email saying, I'm an inventor looking to pitch an idea that's a game. Can you let me know who I should pitch that to? They generally will give you that contact information. All right. So slide into the corporate DMs is what I'm hearing you say. And uh, especially in LinkedIn. I have one, one more out. suggestion. They, they also, there's like, there's trade shows. So, mm -hmm. and I assume this is the case for not only the toy and game space, but um, in particularly for the toy and game space, I mean, there's trade shows in New York, there's a big one in Chicago, and they actually have like inventor rows, they call them. And it's like very uh, budget friendly tables that you can set up with your product, with your idea. And we actually have a good friend of ours who invented a game that Scott found at one of these. It was just a guy. Again, he was like a computer engineer for like Abbott Labs, just a suburban guy who tinkered around with some ideas, had one for, for a game called Otrio. He signed up for a booth at this at this trade show in Chicago. Scott was looking, walking the floor, looking for ideas, found it, licensed it from that guy. And now Scott sold his company to this big multi-billion dollar company. I mean, this guy's sitting on his hands doing nothing, collecting like hundreds of thousands of dollars a year because this game has taken off. Now so, that's what I'm talking about. Let's talk yeah. about uh, affiliates too. Okay, so licensing is one route, affiliates another. So in my classroom, I'm having my students get an experience of becoming entrepreneurs, but I limited the kind of businesses they can build. So they can build a print-on-demand company, they can build an affiliate link, uh, affiliate marketing company, or they can do social media management. Uh, and for me, like 17-year-olds, this is like an ideal market. They can literally order a, a, a set and create all kinds of content around it and, and have the opportunity to generate revenue. Um, do you guys have an affiliate program uh, and what's it like becoming an affiliate uh, with you guys? So, yeah, so we are in the process. So just to catch, get you up to speed. So we are pre-launch right now. So uh, right, we're doing this podcast at the end of August. We, we have a, a bunch of our product. This new Paddle Splash game is on the boat uh, to us right now. So we're expecting to go live in kind of mid-September timeframe. And when we do, we will be offering an affiliate program. And uh, it's, one, it's one thing we've been researching and there's some really cool new technology out there that allows us 
to make that so easy, plug and play. Anybody that buys our product can like immediately sign up to be an affiliate. And then they go out, they get their friends to buy it, use their code, and then they're getting paid. And so you're right. It is a great opportunity for consumers to start monetizing. If, if you're an early adopter for certain product, you know, for anything really, you know, if you're just on the leading edge of cool new things, which a lot of these like influencers and whatnot are, absolutely. You can get these affiliate links and make some real cash, um, you know, by, you know, recommending your product to your network. Sweet. I want to, I want to also ask you about the entrepreneurial process here, because um, these kids are young, right? They're, they're, they're young, they're hungry. They want to do some of this stuff, but oftentimes when it comes to entrepreneurship, they're like, you know, question marks, what, what is the next step? How do I go from point A to point B? When you guys come across a new product that you're going to either license or, or however you're going to take it on, um, what's the, what's your thought process and, and, and where do you see the end of paddle smash? Like, where do you see this going as an exit strategy? Yeah, I think our thought $1 process. One billion dollars. <laughs> That's the right answer. The right answer was this. We're not just doing this for money. We're doing it for a shitload of money. All right, that's what we're talking about, right, Tim? <laughs> that's perfect. Nice, nice yeah. um, clip. That's ready. And spaceballs on the ready. Space I appreciate balls. on the ready. Oh, <laughs> yeah, merchandising, I mean, baby. <laughs> merchandising. We're we're picky about ideas. Our time's valuable. We're, I mean, listen. Your your young students, it's like no time like that time to be an entrepreneur because there's very low downside risk. My risk's high. Tim's is too. We've got mortgages and we've got families. So it's mm -hmm. a little scarier to be an entrepreneur when you've got that stuff writing on it. At this point, like I eat what I kill. And if I'm not killing, then I'm not eating. So it's a little scary. Um, so we're picky. We're picky about what we go with. And I'll say on this one, I, I see so many ideas. As I said, I'm a big skeptic about it. Like I'm like, most stuff's bad, but I saw that idea paddle smash from the prototype and from the inventor. And I was like, there's something here. I told Tim that and Tim's guards up too, but he's like, I trust you, Scott. I'm going to fly out to Utah. And we're going to try this thing together. So we tried it together. We evaluated it one-on-one -on -one together. And then we took it down to the pickleball courts, like I said, and we got great feedback. Honestly, it was like flies to honey. We set this game up. People stopped playing mid game. They came over to the fence. People were coming over wanting to play. One guy left, came back 10 minutes later with his son. He's like, I had to bring my son back so he could see this thing. So we we're like, we are seasoned enough at this point to kind of have a sense as to when something is is good and real. And we felt it with this one. And we thought, all right, that it's, this is worth pursuing. But still, there's some big questions to ask. One is, can we afford to make this thing? Like, you know, this is the big question is, how do you get a product to the market as cheaply as possible to get user feedback and find out if this is even something people will part with their money for? I will say I maybe broke some of my own rules. I generally say if it's too if it's over if it's over a certain sum of money to make yourself, you should license it off. Well, I trust myself and Tim at this point enough to say I am going to break the rule a little bit here. We did raise a small amount of capital to help us too, um, but it's expensive. This one was expensive for us to get off the ground. I mean, we spent many thousands of dollars to tool this thing up, to get it manufactured. We had to work with an engineering firm to figure out how to make it viable. All of this stuff. I mean, if you are a teenager or young inventor, I mean, unless you've got $50,000 laying around that you're ready to just kind of put at risk, um, I would say 
consider other options besides bringing it to market yourself. But we decided we want to try it. And uh, so this we're really taking. So we kind of put our money where our mouth is and, uh, and, and we're bringing this thing to market ourselves. Well, and even then, like, so I'm imagining seeing your guys's product, like on Shark Tank, for example, right? And some of the problems that you're describing right here are like, you know, oh my gosh, I, I can't afford to even get my inventory up. I have tons of people placing orders, but how do I get this order fulfilled? So when you talk about tooling, like this is one of those things that, you know, young entrepreneurs have no idea what that is. So can you explain that process of, of bringing it to market? How do I, you know, you have an engineer who developed it. It's like, you know, the idea is there, but to mass produce this idea, that might be a problem. What, what kind of, what kind of issues do you run into there? Yeah, so uh, exactly. So with us, in our case, you know, we had a prototype, but it was not ready for uh, bringing it to market. It was just a rough prototype. So we had to go hire actually a different engineering firm that, specializes in you know creating commercial ready products uh design engineering firm industrial design firm and so that's expensive <laughs> you know they 3d cad the whole thing and we go through you know 3d printing it and whatnot um so you get to do that process then you finally get a version that is you know a bit ready to go to market and then you need somebody to manufacture it and so in our case uh we have a relationship with you know a great company over in china that we work with um but that's just something you'll have to do a lot of google searching for to find whatever product is that you're wanting to bring to the market you've got to find a manufacturer who creates those kinds of products uh in our case we just we happen to know the right folks because we've been in this space for a while but if you didn't Google, Google is your friend in that case. And, uh, you know, you can probably find somebody that will make whatever it is you're trying to make. And then from there, you know, you're issuing a purchase order to them to do, you know, they're going to have some sort of minimum requirement as far as how many units they'd be willing to make you, you know, because you're like at the time, you're like, I just want one, you know, like just give me or 10 and let me see if I can sell them. But they're probably going to be like, no, nah, you need to order like a thousand. You know, and uh, so that becomes the tough part where there's a little bit of like a liquidity issue and you need to potentially raise capital in that in that case. But those are hopefully things you can do on the upfront. You know, you can talk to the engineering firm. What is it going to cost for you to work with them? Talk to the manufacturer, you know, hey, approximately what's it going to cost for this thing to build? You can kind of do some back of the envelope math to understand. All right. If I go it alone from this point forward, it's going to cost me roughly X. Is that something I'm willing to risk? This thing does not sell a damn thing, right? And uh, if you believe in it, then you can move forward. If you don't have that cash, then you have to raise equity. You have to raise capital uh, and give away equity, excuse me. And so, and that's what we actually did. So we raised some, we raised a round of equity um, to help fund this business. That's uh, that's not always the easiest thing to do. Some I know, I know there's young bootstrappers who are gonna pull equity lines of credit. They're gonna find any way to get their stuff funded, but that's the huge risk. I mean, some of the stuff that you pointed out, you had a connection in China to get your production up. That's something you could easily mess up on, and there goes a couple thousands of dollars in 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 production costs or huge time delays that could happen in that aspect of it. And there you go. Now you're traveling to another country trying to get things set up. But at mm -hmm. least you have a, a little bit of a fast forward button with CAD files and 3D printing, right? That allows the production and the tooling process to happen a lot quicker than uh, than it was, you know, 10, 15 years ago when you could when you didn't have those types of processes. 
guys you guys are you guys have an amazing product i think it's uh it's something that looks like a lot of fun that that many people will enjoy and i definitely want you guys to uh to hit me up when you got that affiliate program set up i'm gonna have some of my students definitely reach out to you because they're looking for fun products that they can get behind and anything that uh, that they can enjoy that they have fun doing is going to be an easy product to a make content for right and then b just it, you can literally see it in their faces as they're doing it. This is fun. You should be doing the same type of thing. Um, you know, before we head out, I want to make sure I give you guys, uh, if people want to pre-order, if people want to get a hold of you guys to get uh, more information, maybe to be affiliates themselves in the future, how can they do that? Yeah, you can find us on paddlesmash.com. So that's the easiest way to kind of see what we are and what we do. And then our email is email at paddlesmash.com. And that's a great way to contact us, ask us questions. I mean, you're saying like, how do we do this? How this is, this is something I'm happy to help with. So if you've got some young kind of teenage kids looking to know how to do it, this is something I do all the time is help people out. They've probably got people around them that could help them. So I encourage them to do that. But for us, email at paddlesmash.com, our website, paddlesmash.com, uh, pre-orders for the next, call it three weeks, and then it's available and live. And we would love for you guys to buy it. We'd love for you guys to be affiliates. Our goal here is to get this out into the world as fast as we can. Sweet. I got one more question for you guys. Uh, our show grows based on video testimonials. We're huge on that sort of thing. So you guys are going on tours, getting on podcasts, getting the message out as best you possibly can. But what was your experience like on the Business Bros? This is easily, easily the most high energy, most fun podcast we've done so far. Easily. This show was epic. Dude, that's what I'm talking about. I, and, and Scott, you missed the pre-game, pre right? But we were playing a little bit of Eminem in the background. We are ready to launch this thing. Lose yourself, ladies and gents. You got one shot, one opportunity. You have one invention. You can take it to the next level. But first, especially my San Diegans out here, look, we got beautiful sun, beautiful weather. There's all kinds of stuff that you can do outside. And Paddle Smash could be one of them. So make sure you guys go get your pre-orders, paddlesmash.com, paddlesmash.com, uh, and reach out to them. Follow them on IG too, at Paddle Smash. Look what people are doing. If you are listening to this in the audio and you don't have a visual, because we were showing you right on the screen here how to play, how to set up, how to get going, make sure you guys follow on IG at Paddle Smash. Uh, go to the website, paddlesmash.com, pre-order. And let's get this one on the road. Guys, thank you very much for coming on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we will catch you guys on the next one. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz. <laughs>